to please you just a little bit, Lord. <laughs> Isn't that right? I mean, we've all been there. We've all done that. We, we, we'll serve God and as long as he doesn't ask too much from us. And today we're going to talk about the church in action. This is the seventh part of the series of the church in action. What does a church look like? We talked about foundational things. This is another foundational thing. There, there, there's, there have been, have y'all noticed the layer upon layer upon layer of how the, the church is being set off? It's about, it's about being established. And the next thing is about serving. It's about serving. And a lot of people have a bad, a, a wrong concept of what serving is. So today I want us to see what really serving the Lord looks like according to Acts chapter 6. We're going through the book of Acts because this is the New Testament church. This is the pattern. This is the example for all New Testament churches, not just non-denominational churches, not just churches that believe in the gifts. This was established for all New Testament churches. Somewhere along the way, there became divisions and different interpretations, and now we have over 30,000 denominations in the Protestant movement. 30,000! Where they disagreed on one little thing or a little thing here, a little thing there. And so today we're going to look at this pattern, and we're going to look at what it really means to serve. Because listen, many of you say, I don't have the gifts, I don't have the talents. I want to tell you something before we even get any further into this message. God's called everybody to serve. It's not for a select few. Okay? It's not for a select few. I want you to stand one more time. We're going to read a scripture together. There's a really famous guy that said this. His name was Jesus. Okay? It's found in Matthew 20, 27. Y'all want you to read this with me. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. But he didn't stop there. He said, but to be a ransom for many. In other words, to lay down his life. He went the, he went the ultimate in service. Amen. So, Father, we bless your word today. Father, for those that have come to this place having a desire to serve, would you open their eyes to even the, the service that you have in, in, in store for them in the plan that you have for them? Father, for those who are, are, are thought, I can't do this, it's not for me, it's for the other people, Lord, today may it be for them that they would understand that you've called us, and when you call us, you equip us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So if turning your Bibles to Acts chapter 6, we're going to look at the whole chapter. It's actually one of the shorter chapters in, in the book of Acts. It's just it's 15 verses. And I want to see how this church got, how the church began to grow. There were like, we don't know exactly how many. We know there was at least 5,000, but we more than likely by this time there were 15,000. We don't know. We don't know exactly the dates and how many weeks the church had been established now. But we do know people were staying in Jerusalem. Why were they staying there? Why, did, why didn't they go back home after they got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit? Because they needed to be trained. Okay? Do you need to be trained? See, part of what you do, what we do here is train people. We get disciple people. We do it one-on-one. We do it in groups. We do it in life groups. We do it right now. You're getting discipled. You're getting trained. Okay? So the church has been established. There's a lot of people. They're all, they're not going home. So remember, they had to sell. People had to start selling their possessions so they could take care of all these strangers that were now living with them. But in the process of all these strangers coming in, there were people of different languages. Y'all remember that on the day of Pentecost. 
There were Greeks speaking it. Predominantly, it was Greek and Hebrew. That was the predominant languages. So I want you to keep that in mind as we read this scripture. Now, in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, man, they were growing. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, first we have the complaint. Anybody in here ever have anybody complain to them? Wow, you are blessed. Nobody's ever had anybody that complained? Your children don't complain? You are blessed. The Bible says do everything without grumbling and complaining. Wow. That's probably one of the most, that's a tough scripture, isn't it? Everything, do everything without grumbling and complaining. Because the Bible knows what grumbling and complaining, God knows what that does for us. It doesn't do much good at all, right? So there was a complaint that rose. It was a legitimate complaint. Now, I want you to understand, the first thing is, they, Ananias and Sapphira, they had been taken out of the way. They had, they had taken care of that issue. And now, the enemy wants to come at them in a different way. Listen, the enemy comes in so many different forms because he's deceitful. And now he's coming to divide in a different way. And you know how the, one of the best ways the enemy can come in and divide in a church body, and this was a church body, is through miscommunication. Miscommunication. Man, how many of you know, even in a marriage, if you don't communicate. Listen, when I deal with people having marital issues, one of, the, one of the top five is probably miscommunication, if not the top. And it can be miscommunication in, in your romantic life. It can be miscommunication in your financial life. But there's just a mis- miscommunication comes in, and, and the enemy uses that to divide families, to divide churches, to divide businesses, correct, and to divide nations. And he tries to do this. And so here we have these people, and we have the, the Greek-speaking ones. These are the Hellenists, and we have the Hebrews, the Hebrew Jews. So they're all Jews, but they don't speak the same language. And some of the, some of the Hellenists, the Greek, the Greek Jews, they come up and say, listen, when you're distributing, you're kind of leaving out our widows. You're, you're, not, you're not taking care of everybody the same way. And so the 12, this is the 12. Remember, they added one to the group. The 12, the, 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 the apostles, they, summoned, they, were, they summed all the people together, and they said, look, we've got a job to do. And we, we can't, listen, we could wait tables. Yes, we could, but we have a job to do, and it's better if somebody else does the serving. So they knew how to handle a complaint. Listen, when we have division, when we have miscommunication, it's always best to go back to the top. It's always best to go back to the leadership. It's always best to go back to the authority and say, what happened here? Where was the breakdown? We do that in staff meetings when something doesn't happen right here or somebody misses something or, or we have uh, something gets uh, people fall through the cracks. One of the things we do, we come back in our staff meeting every week and we visit and we talk and we pray about well, who, what happened, where do, who dropped the ball. And sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's another, but it always comes back on me because I'm the authority. Okay? So I want communication. And somebody, and listen, it happens all the time. People go, wow, well, what happened? Well, well, he didn't tell so-and-so to do such and such. And so because they didn't do that and they didn't get the text back or they didn't get the, the message back, it didn't happen. And so the enemy comes and he hides and, 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 and brings division through miscommunication. Now, how do they handle the complaint? They, they, they went to the authorities, but look at verse 3. I love this. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. See, there is business to take care of in the church body. Remember that. There, there were things that really need to be taken care of. It would be like, 
Somebody coming to me and say, look, uh, why aren't the lights on in the church? Well, Diane didn't pay the bill. Why didn't Diane pay the bill? So nobody told her to pay the bill. It could be a miscommunication. So who, would it be beneficial for me and, and, and the guys on the ministry team? Hey, guys, we got to stop. We got to go write some checks. You see what I'm saying? There's business to take care of even in the church body. We have to take care of things. Uh, how many of you eat, ate a donut this morning? Go ahead and confess. How many of you ate a donut this morning? Wow, some people are just lying. How many of you ate more than one? I want to tell you something. You're going to think this is funny, but it's true. One Sunday, there was miscommunication. There were no donuts. You talk about the devil working in donuts. I think we had people leave the church. (laughs) No donuts? You heathens? What's wrong with you? We did. It, it, you would not believe the, the backlash we got for no donuts. So guess what? In the staff meeting, Joe, <laughs> you're the donut man. And if you're not going to be here, you better make sure somebody gets the donuts. That's true. Y'all think that's funny, don't you? It's true. What they needed in handling this complaint was they needed servants. They needed somebody that was willing to serve. And not just any servants. You know, sometimes in the church or in your family, in your business, have you, know, have you ever noticed that sometimes we just fill positions? There's an opening, and we just fill it. Oh, you know, we've got, we, we need some help back here with the children. We need some help with the youth. We need some help in this area. And you know what? We did some, we, we'll just take that first person that's breathing. <laughs> can you do it? No, no, no. I'm just gonna, come on. We can use you. And we'll put somebody in a position that they're not supposed to be in. You know what I'm talking about. Have you ever served in a position that you were totally, it was not your place to be in? You're like me, I am not in the nursery. I will be like in a, two months in my daughter's house. <laughs> I will gladly change diapers. Sometimes we just say, get old so-and-so. He's strong. He can pass out food. They're just a bunch of widow women anyway. Who cares about them? It's because they need some food. Give them a little food. It's not a big deal. Isn't that strange? See, that's, that's why I love this passage. He said, there are widows that are being neglected, and we don't need men that are good at math. We don't need men that are good at stacking boxes. We don't need men that are, are, are good at, at menial tasks. We need men that are full of faith. We need men that are full of the Holy Spirit. We need men that are of good reputation. We need men with wisdom. So you think that little job that somebody asks you to do requires not much. And that's probably what a lot of people thought here. And they said, we need people with wisdom. We need really, really good men. Here's the word. The word serve in that passage we get this, it, the Greek word for serve is diakoneo. Say diakoneo. Any idea where we, what word we've translated that into as Christians? Deacon. That's why when we, when we have deacons, and their, their, their job is to serve. And so when you look at that word serve, and he's talking about a deacon or, or that kind of that service, it goes way beyond handing out some food. Every job, every job in the kingdom of God goes way beyond what you think it is. Maybe you can change a diaper, but can you speak life into that child? 
you get you get where I'm going with this. Maybe you can. Maybe you can hold somebody's hand. In a, but can you speak life? Can you breathe life into people? Because when we serve, when God's called you and he's gifted you to serve, it's way more than probably what you think. Here's the full definition of serve. Diakoneo. To minister. Wow. To attend to something that may serve another's interest. To minister a thing to one. To serve one or by supplying something. It goes beyond, I'm just going to give this widow woman a happy meal. Okay? Now, that's why I want to stop here and say some things about our church body. Because I believe we have that that understanding down, the concept down, that serving is way beyond what we think of serving. If you go to our food pantry, they don't just give you a box of food. Anybody ever been to the food pantry? Anybody worked the food pantry? Some of you have been probably called to go and volunteer at the food pantry. And maybe after today you will. Oh, I couldn't do that, Pastor. Well, don't dismiss God in the process. When they go, the first thing they do after they check in is they get a message on the screen. They get Pastor West, <laughs> my son, preaching to him. You know what I think about my son? I, I've used, he's a compassionate, he's just, he's a compassionate young man. But he's actually a, he's passionate about his compassion. Y'all don't y'all don't see him like I see him or like our staff sees him when he starts crying in our staff meetings over what he sees taking place in the poverty, and the hurt, and in the in the pain that people are walking through in this city. That many people go. I hope y'all get some help from the government. They minister. They minister down there. And they lay hands on people. They pray for people. They see miracles, salvations. They see, they see people step up in life and that, that changes their attitude about, oh, woe is me until God is good. They minister. They don't just serve. If, if we want to use the word serve in, in the way we normally think of it, they, they take it to the next level. That's what I love about them. You want to you talk about some intercessors that pray for people? They minister. They serve the Lord. Some people think, well, that blanket ministry, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's probably not really necessary. I'm telling you people where they, these, these women had this idea that that's a God idea to get by these blankets. They anoint these blankets with oil. They pray over these blankets and they take these blankets to people. And you would not believe how these people go, oh, I love my blanket. It's a point of contact. It's a point of saying, it's somebody saying, these people love me enough to bring this to me, to pray for me. It goes beyond handing somebody. Anybody can hand out a blanket. But it goes beyond that. Anybody can, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. How many times have you said that? Don't, ask, don't raise your hands. Somebody says, I've got this problem. Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And you don't pray for them. You forget about it. Or maybe you whisper a prayer later on. Oh, God, I forgot about old Joe. He's got a broken leg. Bless Joe. You know? Our intercessors are serious. They seriously minister. 
When people come up to the front for ministry in this place, they don't just come up and somebody says, pats them on the back and say, God loves you. No, they minister here. That's why it's called an altar ministry. It's a service of God. It's a servanthood heart. They, listen, they, they don't have to do this. They, they feel led to do this. They're called to do this. I trust these people when, they come, when people come up and they get prayer. It's just like when uh, Cottrellis, you know, came to, uh, he asked me who, I said, go see Carol. Well, Cottrellis' life is, is changed for the better because after he met with Carol and joined this church and said, I want to be a part of this, he, Carol said, what about water baptism? Today he was water baptized. I believe that he's got, he stepped up to the next level. He said, I want to serve. And God's going to use this man in the kingdom of God. It's what I love about our life groups. And I'm, listen, I'm going to push life groups to the hilt this summer. And I know people that have come to this church and they've never been a part of a life group. I know people like that. I don't want to get involved in that life group. But that means you just want to run, you want to do it on your own? Man, this, everything, if you go back and read chapter, uh, in the book of Acts, they had life groups. They met house to house. Not only did they meet at the porch or the temple, they met house to house. And they ministered to one another. They served each other. And in our life group, we've got to minister to people. We've got to bless them. We've got to pray over them. Sometimes there are financial needs in the life group, and the group will go, yeah, we can help them. Uh, we, have this, we sponsor the Justice Home. One of the life groups here in our church started raising money for the, for the justice home so that they could pour into these girls that, that nobody else cares about much. And we want that more and more to happen in this place to minister to people. We have a benevolent church body. A lot of people say, well, don't advertise that, Pastor. Well, then we just quit advertising Jesus. We help people all the time here. We use wisdom. We, use, we pray. We have people that we... And listen, they took that, that job away from me so nobody could get mad at the pastor if we didn't help you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and we don't expose and say, oh, we have certain people and we don't want you to go to certain people. We, 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 have, a, we have a way to do it so everybody is, is protected. But when you, had an, if you have a need, you can call our church office. We'll give you some direction. We might point you to some other resources. But we're a benevolent church. That was the heart of a church at the beginning. Was to help people that couldn't help themselves. Or, or wouldn't help themselves or didn't know how to help themselves. So I love that about our body of believers. We, we are a serving group of people. But it's important if you want to serve here. It's important if you want to serve here that you are called, that you're chosen, you're equipped, that you have a good reputation, that you're full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Because we want people that are serving to be people of integrity. Acts 6, look at verse 4. They understood order in the early church. It says, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word and the saying, please, the whole multitude. Just stop right there. <laughs> I love it. The whole multitude. Say whole multitude. 
They made a decision. There was a, a complaint. They dealt with the complaint. They made a decision. And the whole multitude said, we're pleased. Again, the enemy would like to have come in and bring division there. Well, I can't believe that. I can't believe they're giving us, making us have these qualifications. I can't believe they didn't choose so-and-so, right? And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Permenus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, and whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. This means that they were pleasing not just to the Hebrew or the, the Hebrew-speaking Jews. It was pleasing to the Greek-speaking Jews. How do you think they chose them? How, how do you think they chose these guys? They had to know something about them, didn't they? They said, choose men of good reputation, right? So they had to know about their reputation. Full of the Spirit, wisdom. All these things that he said, that the, the, the 12 said, you go find people like this. Go find seven like this. What I'm telling you is this. They were in relationship with these people. We want to be in relationship with you. That's why we encourage church membership here. A lot of people, I don't believe in church membership. That's okay if you don't. You don't have to. I believe it's, it says we are committed to you and that you are committed to us. It's a mutual commitment. Who's quiet in here? Do I need to do a little soft shoe or something? Now look at verse 7. I love it when, when you do what you're supposed to do, that it works out the way it's supposed to work out. Y'all like that? When you make a decision and you've really prayed about it, and, and you laid it before the Lord, and man, it works out just the way it's supposed to. Sometimes it didn't work out like we, like we want it to. It says, Then the word, of the, God, uh, the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Here's where the enemy would like to have come in with jealousy, I believe. Many churches split because of jealousy. Did y'all know that? I can't believe they chose that pastor. I can't believe they put this person in that place of authority. And, man, when the jealousy starts coming, especially if it's within somebody within the church, I can't believe they didn't choose me. And out of all these thousands of people, they chose seven. And nobody came up and said, I can't believe you chose them. I can't believe you chose Nicanor. I can't believe you chose Stephen. I can't believe that. Nobody said those things because they had prayed. They had sought the Lord. And they knew, listen, the, the apostles knew that they had a job to do. And it wasn't about taking care of widows. It was about preaching the word. It was about discipling these men. They had to have time with the Lord. They had to spend time in prayer so they could do what they needed to do. Listen, we're talking 120 or so people originally ministering to over 5, 10, 15,000 people. Mega church overnight. Can you imagine the logistics of that? Can you imagine? So we think in small numbers. We're talking 15,000 people in a city. And these people, that they need, they, need, they need supplies. They need provision. And they're trying to work all these things out. And we have this little group of people. We're thinking about this little group of people. It was huge. They needed order. 
I remember going to a conference when we were very first stepping into ministry. You remember that, Mary Lou? Jackie, was it Jackie White? We were over in the Christians in Action building on Tui. We were our, our, our little group of people, and he came in, and he spoke, and he said, the pastor has one job. The pastor has one job, and that's to hear the voice of God. I had about 100 jobs. When you're a little bitty church, you have a lot of jobs. And over the years, I've had less jobs and less jobs and less jobs. It's pretty cool. I still have some jobs. But I got to come to the, uh, I got to come to the youth thing Friday night. Anybody, how many of y'all got to come to the, the dinner theater? I mean, wasn't it cool? We got to come Friday night and just walk in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> did do one thing. Just walked in. I did a wore a suit, so if you missed that, suit and tie. Mary Lou was all dressed up, and we were, wow, walking in on the red carpet. Right this way, right at your chair. We get your seat right at the front, Pastor. Woo! <laughs> we're going to serve everybody. You don't have to get up. Mary Lou didn't have to cook. I sampled the cooking earlier. Used to, Mary Lou would have been there cooking and we would have been doing decorations. And You know what? God's given us more people to serve. I have a staff. I have this awesome staff that they take care of things. And I expect it to be taken care of because I'm not going to. I mean, back in the sound booth, and I know if I start pouring out people, I'll miss people. So, But I come in on Sunday morning. Richard? How's the water in the baptistry? It's fine, Pastor. It's warm today. You know why? Because he turned it on yesterday. And he made sure it was warm today. You think the words just pop up there by themselves? No, Lisa, they prepare. Sometimes I don't give Richard my sermons till late on Saturday night because I'm still, I'm still working on it. Yesterday, I said, what did you think about yesterday, Richard? I sent him to you way early. He's <laughs> so happy. <laughs> but all that is... All those are things that sometimes we just take for granted, right? You walked in here, and you got your donut, you got your coffee, you sat down, you sang. You didn't think about the praise team coming up here the, uh, the day before and working for two hours to get the songs ready. Serving hearts. Serving hearts. Have to learn new songs. And then we always switch them up on people, you know, and they're, well, what are you doing, Pastor? Serving hearts. All over this. I, I I just want to brag on people today. I, we drove up. Mary Lou and I drove up. We were a little bit later than 7.30. So that's, did you know that some people get here at 7 o'clock on Sunday morning? You think you've been here a long time? They get here at 7 o'clock. Praise team and Jeff and all the, and Richard and other people. We're, we're pulling up, and guess who's out in the front? Trey. He's sitting out the cones. He's sitting out the little turtle guys. You didn't know those were turtles, did you? They're turtles. Turtle guards. And they're out there in the rain. He's out there in the rain setting everything up, getting everything ready. We've got people, greeters. We have people that, and they just serve. Don't get a paycheck. They serve because they, they're called to serve, and they want to minister to people. They want to make it easy. They want to make it better for everybody else to come and experience the presence of the Lord. That's the heart of this church. And when that happens, church, 
when you're walking together in unity, you have this thing called growth. Healthy things grow. Now look at verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Can I give you my version of what Stephen could have said? This is my version. Taking some liberty here. Stephen, I know you're, you're pretty important around here. Men, people trust you. And, and, and we, we've seen the integrity in your heart. And, and we see how you just really, you know, the word. And you're, you're just, man, you're just awesome guy. You know what? The, the apostles want you to serve the widows. What? Me? I'm full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom. I'm a man of good reputation. You want me to what? do what? Serve the widows? Are you kidding me? I thought I would be right up there with the big 12. I thought I'd be just, I would be like their right-hand person because I'm stepping into the 12 soon, you know? He could have said that. He could have said, I've got all these gifts. Woo! These widow women, I don't know. I don't want to mess with them. Did you know how many problems they have? Did you know how much they're whining and complaining? I've heard the story. I've heard the rumors. They're, they're not getting enough. Oh, poor widow women. Did you know that's how a lot of people react when God calls them to do something? Maybe not in that area, not in that realm, but people just, they get upset because God didn't give them the big job. I think if they would have gone to Stephen, Jerry, if they would have said, Stephen, man, we've been praying and the restrooms really need cleaning. I believe Stephen would have said, you betcha. I can minister in there because a lot of people come there and they're sick. And he took the job. And then look what happened next. What happened? He did what? Great signs and wonders. Hmm. You know what? It doesn't say that. It says among the people. You know where I think the signs of wonder started first? With the widow women. Got a word of knowledge for you, Sadie. Joe over there needs he needs a wife. <laughs> Woo, that's a sign and a wonder. Thank you. Seriously, signs of wonders. He I believe he started with the widow women because God was gonna honor his faithfulness there first. You see, if you're not faithful in the little things, God's not going to give you something big. He's just not going to trust you with something big until he can trust you with something little. Will you go down and clean the restrooms? Bernie's been sick this week. We need somebody to step in and, and help do some cleaning at the church. Oh, we've got a work day. We've got some things that need to be cleaned up at the church. We've got some walls that need to be painted. And you know what? Oh, I'm too gifted to do that. Leave that to the menial people. And God said, well, if you can't do that, then you can't do this. And I think Stephen was, okay, I want to go pray for some widow women. Let me at them. Man, they need some help. And it says he came and he did great, not just signs and wonders, great signs and wonders. Look, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And I think it started with the widow women. Because he was faithful to do what God had called him to do. That's the meaning. That's what a servant does. You don't just give somebody a, a sandwich. Man, you pray for them. You see miracles and signs and wonders take place in the process. Verse 9. 
Every time something good is happening in the church, the enemy always comes behind and says, okay, I don't like that. I'm going to stop that. Listen, if you've decided, if you say God's called me and I'm going to begin to serve him however he wants me to serve him, the enemy, there's a target immediately comes on your back. You understand that? You need to understand that. If you're going to serve in the kingdom of God, you're going to have a target on your, on your shirt somewhere. He's going, to, he's going to come after you because he hates to see the kingdom of God advance. He wants his kingdom to advance. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. And it's all through the word of God. Anytime somebody stood up for Jesus, somebody, the enemy would send somebody else to come and crash the party. But I'm here to tell you this morning, don't be afraid of the enemy's threats. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But I also want to tell you, when you begin to serve and you start seeing some success, you need to stay humble. Because you can start saying, oh, man, I'm so good. Stephen could have said, man, I am so good with these widows. What do you got? What else you got for me, Peter? John, what do you, what do you got for me? I got, the, I got the widows taken care of. They're all done. Man, it was organized. No. What do you, what do you? See, pride can come in so easily. In a servant's heart, pride can enter. We see none of that from Stephen. And he was such a man of integrity that they had to make up stories about him. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be such a person of integrity that if somebody's going to accuse me of something, they're going to have to make it up. That's why we should all feel that way. Man, if somebody's going to bring an accusation against me that, it's, that, that I've done this something wrong, it's got to be a lie. Then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes. And they came upon him. They seized him. And they brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. Lies, lies, lies. And I can't help but think if when Peter wrote 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, when he wrote these words inspired by the Holy Spirit, I'm thinking in the back of his mind he might have been referencing Stephen when he said this. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready. See, always be ready. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Man, you can suffer for doing evil all the time, but if we're suffering for doing good, that's good. I love this passage. You know what it says to me, Robert? I see hope in that guy. Can you give me a reason for your hope? Because we have a world out there that is hopeless. And they need to see in believers, they need to see in the servants of God, they need to see hope. And then when they say, what is this hope within you? Then you need, I need to be ready to give them a response. Amen? And finally, what does a servant look like? 
And all who sat in the council looked at steadfastly at him. They looked at Stephen. They saw his face as the face of an angel. The word Stephen, his, his name actually means crowned. Crowned. He was going to be the first believer, first Christian to receive the crown, a martyr's crown. Which we're going to see next week that he was killed. He was stoned for his belief. And he received the crown. But I also think it's interesting that they saw his face as the face of an angel. I, I was thinking about that one. What does an angel look like? What's the face of an angel look like? I mean, we all have our concept in our mind, right? But they were looking at a man. What, what do you think they saw in this man? I, I don't think God just did all of a sudden did a hologram look. <laughs> he looks like an angel. What did they see and what do they see in you? That's the question. See, here's what I think they saw in him. They saw a man of good reputation. A man full of the Holy Spirit. A man full of wisdom. They saw integrity. They saw purity. They saw a man who was confident in his Lord sitting before them. They said, man... We're accusing this guy, man. He's got this. He looks like an angel. I don't know how this is going to work out for us. But see, when people look at you, when they look at me, they they should see something different. I'm going to say this all the time. We shouldn't be. when When the cashier at Walmart looks like she's lost her last friend and she misses something in your basket, our face should be the like the face of an angel. Ma'am, it's okay. Not a problem. Instead of, I can't believe you can't do your job. Or when you go to a restaurant, you know, the, the, the reputation for Christians at restaurants is not very good. That ought to change. And I hope it changes. I mean, I hope that we're not evidence of something like we've got something, you know, a crawl or something stuck somewhere. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm. We should be the most pleasant people in the restaurant. They come up and they tell you their name. Hi, my name's Stephanie. I'm going to be waiting on your table. You know what's good to do? Say, hey, Stephanie. I'm Harold. This is my wife, Mary Lou. How are you today? Well, I'm, I'm good. Can I take your order? Yeah, yeah. Christians are usually the, the cheapest tippers. When you leave a restaurant, do you want the waiter or the waitress to think, I can't believe those people. I saw them pray at the table. Did you see how they were treating their kids? I can't believe she said that to me because I got her order mixed up. Woo, it's getting really quiet in here. We should be the most gracious people in the long line. Horn honking should be just at a minimum. I honk at people. You know when I honk at people? When they blatantly run a red light in front of me. I honk at them. I just want to let them know I saw it, that they need to be a, pay attention so they don't kill somebody. I do honk at those people. And it's a kind of an angry honk. <laughs> but we should be, we should be that, we should, y'all understand what I'm saying? 
We should be the most gracious people. You know what it's like waiting tables back way back in the day. She was one of the nicest waitresses we ever had. And I hope we never did make you feel bad. You should have a relationship with your, with, the, with your waiter if you go to the same restaurant over and over. Listen, if you don't, there's something wrong. How many of you have a relationship with a waiter or waitress? There you go. El Pasanos, man, we know them all by name. Got to pray for them. Faces of an angel. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. And why did Jesus give his life as a ransom? Because he loved us. I found this. I was looking up some things on servanthood, and I found, I don't know who this lady is, but I love what she said. Her name is Peggy Hames. She's an author and a counselor. She said, love may challenge and love may correct, but love will never shame. Love may call us out to uncomfortable places, but love will never cast us aside. Love may demand, but will never demean. Love will never ask us to dim our light, lest we shine too brightly. Love will never ask us to be less than we were created to be. By this we know God. By this we follow Jesus. By this we serve one another. Love, not fear. Just Dan, can I have the ministry team up here this morning? Some of you know that there's a calling in your life. And you have neglected to be obedient in that area. Today, I would say, if that's you, you need to repent. Simply repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry I have not trusted you to, to walk in the, in the calling of my life. Some of you are like cats. You, you've gotten comfortable in the lounge chair with your popcorn, your blanket. And God says, you know, it's time to get out of your comfort zone. It's time to step out in faith and use the gifts that I've given you. Some of you have, have said no because you thought it wasn't a big enough job to do. And so you've, pride's gotten your way. And you've, not allowed, you, you've let pride come in, in between you and being a servant of God. And Jesus said, let me wash your feet. And we're supposed to wash feet, people's feet. That means we're to serve others. Jesus said, once you give a cup of cold water in my name, you've served me. You've given food in my name. You've served me. I love this body of believers. I love how you serve. But maybe there's somebody here. Maybe there's a few of you that you're, maybe you're just afraid to serve. And God says, today's your day. Is you're going to step into this love walk, love relationship, and out of the fear relationship. Would you just bow your heads quickly? Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you've called us, and you don't just call us and leave us dangling. Father, you equip us. So I just pray today for any of those that maybe have been hurt even in serving. They've been, they've been, they've taken up an offense because when they were serving, something didn't happen right. That they would repent, they would ask for forgiveness and forgive somebody. I don't, just deal with hearts this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have a need for prayer this morning, just want to ask you to step out and come. Let, let these awesome people minister to you.
as they serve you, as they serve the Lord, just step out and come. Go ahead. You need prayer this morning. You've been called to, been called to serve. Any area of your life that you really need to step up. Just be obedient this morning. Step out and come. Step out and come. We won't wait very long. Amen. 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 Step out and come. He's looking for a few good men and women. I think that's the Marines, right? No, God's looking for people that are willing to humble themselves and serve. That's you this morning. I encourage you to step out and come. servant's heart. And this guy says, I want to serve. And I think you can help him with that. Okay? Anybody else need prayer? Just come on up. We'll find somebody to pray with you. Anybody else need prayer? Okay, you may be seated.